0: Podcasting live from Castle Dracula on the plain of Transylvania, this is Tap Tap Concede. Welcome everybody to Tap Tap Concede. My name is Graham. Joining me is Cameron. Hi. And Nelson. Hello. And today we're going to be talking about the pre-pre-release of Crimson Vow, our first chance hands-on with some of the cards. Though I didn't actually see any of the Dracula cards, because I think that you get those from somewhere else, and you may have inferred that halfway through that intro, I was like, wait, Castle Dracula is not an Innistrad. I guess that would be Transylvania. We'll just (laughs) make a mid-sentence course correction, and I'm sure it'll be fine.
1: I would not have detected it had you not called attention to it.
0: (laughs) Second star to the left and straight on until whenever the sun comes up. very generous of you to say. Before we begin, a reminder, of course, that the show is brought to you by Card Kingdom, the fine folks at Card Kingdom, and the fine cards they sell. Head over to cardkingdom.com slash LRR and get yourself some cards. They'll ship singles anywhere in the world and they'll ship most sealed product, like anything outside of standard, anywhere in the world as well, and sealed standard product within the US and get yourself some Crimson Vow because it's good stuff. And you can ask for a button. You can say Loading Ready Run sent me. Button, please. They'll give you a little one-inch button, which right now I think we're still on. Upkeep, draw, no wait, untap. Yeah. (laughs) Upkeep, draw, whoops, untap, which happened once or twice. (laughs) At the PPR. You know.
2: Definitely. Yeah. There's also a
0: lot of can you please tap your mana for that spell for some reason. I don't know. We're getting used to using the 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 physical card reader again. So that was I think the biggest repeated repeated error, which luckily is not actually a game rules violation. So good for us. Also, the show is brought to you by you. Everything we do is brought to you by you and your kind of support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash loading ready run. So thank you so much for that. Yeah, we're recording this maybe you can tell quite early in the morning for us, on the Mm -hmm. Saturday immediately following the pre-pre-release. And we played six rounds of Sealed with Crimson Vow, with the PPR, the PR, the the pre-release kits, normal pre-release kits. And Nelson hasn't had a hands-on play with them yet, but he was judging all afternoon. I did get to see some cards, yeah. Yeah, so you got to at least watch a, a whole bunch of it, and Cameron and I each played a couple of games, and yeah, what did we think of it? Cam, What's uh, what what deck did you end up putting together?
1: I wound up putting together a vaguely related pile of Jund Uncommons because my pool was, I'm going to say, not terribly strong, mm. and I did this thing in both my matches where I didn't see any of my two or three drops until mm. turn seven or eight. Oh, no. So I was just kind of like, eh, it was one of those days, mm-hmm. I feel. You ever have one of those days at Magic where you're just Ooh, yeah. like, uh, this is not great.
2: I've had so many of those days.
1: Curse of Hospitality did impress me. I think it may have been the only time I connected with a creature in the the entire tournament. <laughs> oh. I managed to steal Kathleen's Edgar Markov.
2: Yeah, that was pretty sweet.
1: <laughs> yeah, felt good. Feels good, man. Curse of Hospitality is this red aura enchantment curse for two red. Creatures attacking enchanted player have trample, which is already real nice, but it also has this other block of text on it that reads, whenever a creature deals combat damage to an enchanted player, that player exiles the top card of their library until end of turn that creature's controller may play that card and they may spend mana as though it were mana of any color to cast that spell. Mm. So generally I feel pretty good about what happened whenever I cast this spell
2: yeah yeah i think i think one of the games you cast it and then couldn't attack but anytime you're going to be able to do any kind of attack this card seems pretty sweet giving all your creatures trample so like chump blocking isn't even on the menu yeah
0: good times
1: yeah no I, i i was enthusiastic about it other cards that impressed me are the wrath with cleave
0: oh yeah that was kathleen's promo card hey yeah that one seemed really good path of peril path of peril so it's one black, black to destroy all creatures with mana value two or less, or the cleave is four white, black to just destroy all creatures.
1: It's, yeah, it did work. Um, what else really impressed me? I never got to play with the combo that I was looking, combo that I was looking forward to. <laughs> this isn't really a combo, but uh-huh. I had Ancient Lumbernaught and Unhallowed Phalanx, and I never untapped. <laughs> the, these cards never untapped. There were a
0: shocking number of cards that did not untap. There seemed like a lot of removal in this format. There is a lot of removal. So Ancient Lumbernaut. Ooh, oh, wow, how have I not seen this card? How have a bajillion people not tweeted this card at me? It's a green-black tree folk.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Ancient Lumbernaut is a, as you say, it's a green-black tree folk. Cast for two, black, green. It is a 1-4 and has the the, the the everyone's favorite green text. No, not really. Each creature you control with toughness greater than its power assigns combat damage equal to its toughness rather than its power. Oh. Uh, colloquially known as
2: butt fighting. It's like the new best version, though, right? Because it only turns on if your butt is bigger than your front.
1: Yes, exactly. Exactly. It's, it's selective.
2: Yeah, normally it's like with Doran. It's like creatures deal combat damage using their toughness instead of their power, like for everyone, blanket, or for all your creatures with, like, Wally. But this is just like, hey, do you have a creature with a big booty? We're going to make that creature deal that much damage. But the rest of your creatures, like if you have a ball lightning or something, that will still work. Thanks, Ancient Lumberlot. Lumberlot. Come on down to the Ancient Lumberlot. We're going to sell you all of the trees
0: you need to build the houses (laughs) for your big booty creatures. Cam, I heard that partway through the PPR, you renamed your deck to Wedding Cake.
1: Yeah. Well, like I had originally, I was struggling with a name and I went with um, No Fighting, from Peaky Blinders when they're all standing around and like the, the, the one of the characters is getting married and all the gangsters are hanging around in the kitchen at the wedding, kind of vaguely terrorizing the staff.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the guy who's getting married just like goes around and points at each one of them and says, no fighting, no fighting, no fighting. And then like a waiter walks through the scene and sh- accidentally like shoulder checks one of them mm. and they all just wail on him. <laughs> like they just turn instantly and just beat the piss out of this one guy so that's where i was going because like you know there's a bunch of bite butt fighting jokes i could make and i just didn't feel like doing it and people like started seeing what my deck was doing and started making their own and i was like all right all right fine i'm gonna make the best one and so i renamed my deck wedding cake that's very good thank you i thought it was funny too
2: yeah yeah I- i liked some synergies from your deck i'm sorry you didn't get to untap with the 13 toughness thing that obviously wants to go next to the lumber in the decks but you did have a you had a turn where your your red prisoner card weary prisoner which is three generic and a red two six defender day bound and then on the back it's a six six that has to attack but you had a turn where you had ancient lumber out and the prisoner hadn't transformed yet so it was just untapped and couldn't attack so it made kathleen's attack real bad for one turn (laughs) because it was Mm -hmm. like you have to attack into a six six yeah right Yeah. And then the next turn, it was like you had to attack with it cause she didn't cast any spells and then you didn't have enough creatures. And she was too wide with her Edgar vampire tokens or whatever. Yep. Actually it's probably cause Kathleen's not on the podcast. Probably worth talking about Edgar Markov. Uh, we, we've we talked about him already in the podcast. It was spoiled kind of early, but Kathleen opened him up and yeah, he's kind of like a one vampire deck, <laughs> like one one card win condition plan here, a two generic and a white a black for a four, four vampire noble. Other vampires get plus one plus one. And then if it dies, it sits around as an artifact producing a 1-1 vampire with lifelink <laughs> for three turns until it comes back and then turns them into 2-2s. It's pretty aggravating. Yeah, like you need to hit it with exile removal or pacifism is not bad. Pumping your other vampires is better than making vampires. Like it's better for you as the opponent if they just pump the other vampires rather than make more vampires to pump. But yeah. Just goes to sleep for a while. Yeah, Edgar Charmed Grimm, scary stuff.
1: Yeah, I I really enjoy the, just the conceit that Edgar, something happens to Edgar. It doesn't even have to be something that bad, but he's just like, ah, I'm out of here. Right? Like, he's just this grumpy old man who decides to like, no, you know what? If you're going to disrespect your elders, then I'm leaving. And then he comes back and like, people have to kind of like, come up to him to try to calm him down while he's in his coffin. And they're like, hey, we're sorry. And these are all the vampire tokens he's making.
2: And the first two aren't good enough. Like, they're too, like you know, an, an elderly, like, aunt vampire comes over and is like, please, come back to the party. And it's like, no. And then a grandma comes over and he's like, no. But then the third one, he softens up and, like, he's like, okay, pour me some blood. I'll put my robe back on.
0: <laughs> Fine, I'll come back down. Yeah, I love that, Cam. Yeah, it made me happy. Speaking, speaking of vampires, because Kathleen had an Audric and Cameron, you had two Audricks. I did have two Audricks. The community reaction to Audric has been negative. And I was talking with Wheeler about it. And I, I, I don't, I don't, like, I, I get it, but I don't necessarily agree that with the idea that Audric sucks quite so bad. What, what did you, that wasn't meant to be a vampire joke, by the way. What did, what did you, what, what was your impression of this guy? I actually did not wind up running
1: him. Neither of them. Yeah, neither of them. Because, well, Audric is, he is, what, one red, white? yeah mm-hmm. two red white
0: one red white for a three three so three three for yeah, three, three three with this ability that to me seems like it is totally fine in this limited environment yes yes exactly uh, when audric blood
1: cursed enters the battlefield create x blood tokens where x is the number of abilities from among flying first strike double strike death touch haste hexproof indestructible life blink, menace reach trample and vigilance found among creatures you control basically he wants to be in keyword soup Oros keyword Soup, Mm -hmm. and I just did not have the creatures to support it. Mm. I would have been able to make one or two blood tokens, but he really wants to be in a deck where, you know, you've got a lot of first striking vampires or humans with vigilance or haste or... You know, werewolves with trample. I guess you know the the, the flying griffs that that kind of thing. And then you ideally also want some kind of payoff for his blood tokens because if they're just sitting there looting, they're fine. But it's not terribly exciting. But I guess a three three for three is also not that bad, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, Evan Irwin tweeted a picture of that office meme that like corporate needs you to tell the difference between these two pictures. Those are mm-hmm. the same picture, and it was Audric and Centaur Courser. Uh, right i i was i was feeling a little punchy at the at the time and so i i responded with well no i don't think this is completely fair centaur corsair is easier to cast and you can have four of them (laughs) you know which is like unfair to Audric, but still it's like i i think i i think a lot of the negative response is that i mean Audric was was pretty sweet and it sucks that it's like oh okay so from a character perspective bummer that that now he's a vampire you know like mechanically it's like sure whatever but you know like oh darn i guess he didn't succeed at doing the thing he was trying to do but Mm -hmm. also that in comparison to the other audrix this one doesn't actually care about combat at all whereas previous audrix both were combat focused
1: yes and this one just
0: makes the blood tokens once and then just is a 3-3 vampire after that
1: yeah i don't know i i did not feel he particularly strongly signposted me into Boros, Mm, mm -hmm. or was something that I would be compelled to splash for, it would be nice if he had a keyword.
0: It it is odd that that's the only... I guess they just couldn't fit it.
1: (laughs) Right, right. But it it would be nice
2: if he made one blood token because of himself. I'm going to come out and say it. This is a rare... Did it have to cost three mana? Like, like imagine you just chop that one generic mana off. Now we're kind of excited and we've got the cheapest Audric ever. But yeah, it's like, you know, it, it sort of feels like someone at R&D is like, okay, people love Audric. And what they love about Audric is having a lot of keyword abilities written down somewhere on the card. And then it's like this gets printed and, and the community is like, no, we liked Audric Audric because he wrecks combat. <laughs> like he's yeah. like this cool general dude that like makes life hard for your opponent. And then, you know, this card's printed. It's like, well, that sure doesn't happen. This is like at its finest going to be some sort of neat Mardu like combo enabler, right? Like the the cards that make this one shine the most involve giving you alternate ways to sacrifice blood tokens or turning your blood tokens into creatures or I don't know, I guess Tellurian Academy or something like that, you know, but uh, it's really like even when the things are working, like when he's doing the thing that he does, it's not that he's going to wreck combat like the success on Audric. is like, okay, we had a flying lifelink, a first strike and a haste, so that's four bats over the next four turns or something, right? Like, that's the best case scenario, not like, oh, good, we've got all these abilities. We can Voltron into an impossible combat step. Like, that never happens. Right. So even fans of Audric are, like, left feeling down. Mm, yeah. But I will say this. Kathleen cast him. I think it was Kathleen?
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Kathleen cast him in the game against Ben.
2: In the game against Ben. Made two blood tokens. Nice. And then immediately got to Flip her black common creature that is a blood token payoff whose name I'm not gonna remember, but I will try to
0: find. Oh, that is the I know I i had this one as well. It's the Blood Something Squire. Hang on. Right. Blood Sworn Squire. It's uh three and a black for a three three, vampire soldier, and for one and a black and discard a card, Bloodsworn Squire gains indestructible until end of turn. Tap it. Then oh no that's not nope, the blood that's one. not right i got this one wrong sorry the, everything i was reading is accurate to the card that i was reading but that's not the one i was not the one i was that, that you were actually talking about
2: right i think it was not restless bloodseeker sorry everyone nope i'm still not finding it <laughs> good but it was a guy who's like flipped into a three
0: three that drains yes. for five mana restless it was restless bloodseeker yeah it's one three for one and a black
2: this just wasn't the art sorry i went past because this isn't the art that kathleen
0: had yeah <laughs> at the beginning of your end step if you gained life this turn create a blood token sacrifice two blood tokens transform restless blood seeker only as a sorcery and he flips into blood soaked reveler a three three at the beginning of your end step if you gained life this turn create a blood token and then for four and a black each opponent loses two life and you gain two life
2: yeah so this card isn't a whole lot either but it did turn kathleen's one three permanently into a three three that happened mm-hmm. So there you go, Audric. You you did that one thing. Thanks for your <laughs> patience, everyone.
1: Like th- there are a lot of limited decks that I'm looking forward to building in this format. I think mm-hmm. this is going to be a very very interesting draft format, or at least a draft format with some f- decks with fun interactions. Yeah. Let's see if it actually turns into a a good draft format, because, I mean, those aren't necessarily always the ones with the clearly signposted deck archetypes. But there's there's a Reanimator or a Graveyard Shenanigans deck in here that I'd really like to see. There's a Blood Tokens Interaction deck that I'd like to see. There is the Butt Fighting deck that I'd like to see that is enabled by an Uncommon. Generally, I'm optimistic about this one. There seems to be some kind of life gain deck. There is a Blue White Auras deck that looks mm-hmm. neat. yeah. Also, old Rutstein. I was just yeah. about to talk about old Rutstein because I also had him. Oh, perfect. Yeah, I I feel like this is the Moses Lack throwing Barney Gumble out of the bar of Innistrad, where you're like, "All right, old Rutstein, time to get ready. You. You've you've caused me too much pain." And then you like sacrifice him to something, and somehow you draw another old Rutstein. <laughs>
2: <laughs> How do you get back on top of the library, man? Did you have old Rutstein in all of your games, Cam? Sure
0: did. <laughs> wow. So, sure did. One black green for a 1-4 human peasant. And then when he enters the battlefield or at the beginning of your upkeep, you mill a card. And the way it works is if you mill a land, you get a treasure token. If you mill a creature, you get a 1-1 one one green insect. If you mill something that's neither of those things, you get some blood. Yep. Yep. And yeah, I, I only had old rusty in one of my games, I think. And he he put in work i drew myself out of the game like i was dead on board and sacrificed a blood token to go out on my own terms is basically what happened but yeah i hadn't i had no library at the end of the game yeah i saw that one that was i mean you get to go out the way you choose yeah
2: your pod milled out more than once actually because adam also had like a rare blue creature that
0: mills are uncommon maybe
2: that mills when it attacks and adam milled wheeler out
0: Yeah, Adam had Screaming Swarm, which we'll talk about Old Rusty again in a second, but Screaming Swarm is fascinating. So it's six mana, five and a blue for a 4-4 bird horror with flying. And it also has this ability that makes it hard to get rid of, which is for two and a blue, you can put it from your graveyard into your library, second from the top. So you got to like lock this thing down or exile it because you can't really kill it. But the main thing is it has this ability whenever you attack with one or more creatures, target player mills that many cards and so adam had been attacking wheeler didn't have anything in the air he had a massive ground just clogged up the ground but didn't have anything in the air so as he attacked for a couple turns and was targeting himself with the mill adam was and then wheeler was like we we realized that wheeler only had two cards left in his library so on the next turn adam just (laughs) attacked with two creatures And even though that wasn't lethal, it just milled the remaining cards out of Wheeler's library and passed the turn and draw.
2: Wheeler actually deserves most of the credit for milling himself out, just like you then, Graham. Okay, fair enough. So you were in the greedy greedy mill myself pod.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Wheeler's Wheeler's deck was, was very silly. I wasn't even in a greedy mill myself deck. I just, that game, I drew a lot of cards. I had pointed discussion and the scorpion, which each draw two cards. I had a lot of blood token generation in that particular game and Rutstein milling a card every turn. Right. So there was there was a lot going on there. But I I do want to mention a specific, particularly spicy interaction that Wheeler had in one of those games. So he had there's a uncommon signpost for blue black is the skull scob. So it's blue black for a two two zombie. It has exploit, but interestingly its second ability doesn't care about when this creature exploits, it cares about when any creature exploits. And it's oh powerful. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I also had this in my pool.
1: Skulls. Yeah. Yeah. Skullscab.
0: So, whenever guy. a creature you control exploits a non token non-token creature, create a two, two black zombie creature token. So, cool. Then, so he, he cast that and then followed it up with Mind Leech Ghoul, which is one in a black for a two, two with exploit. When Mind Leech Ghoul exploits a creature, each opponent exiles a card from their hand. So, he played Skullscab chose not to exploit anything, then played Mind Leech Ghoul. With the exploit trigger on the stack, he cast Undying Malice, targeting Mind Leech Ghoul, which says, until end of turn, target creature gains. When this creature dies, return it to the battlefield tapped under its owner's control with a plus one plus one counter on it. So he exploited the Mind Leech Ghoul to itself, got a 2-2 zombie off of the Skullscob, exiled a card out of Adam's hand. Mind Leech Ghoul came back exploited another different creature got a second zombie and the and exiled the last card out of adam's hand pretty decent play right it was pretty gross yeah Yeah. wow that's that's a beating (laughs) yeah so that was fun but adam had the last laugh i'm just gonna tell this because this was hilarious adam had the last laugh that game because he ended up winning with his like biggest bomb in the in the deck which was the Hullbreaker horror this card's messed up five blue blue for a seven eight kraken horror with flash it can't be countered and then it has this other text that's whenever you cast a spell choose up to one return target spell you don't control to its owner's hand and return target non-land permanent to its owner's hand so you know he, he cast Hallbreaker horror in one game and got to do stuff like bouncing some tokens or whatever and like it was the that last ability in that particular game wasn't amazing but it was you know it was it was pretty all right but the the real the real win was Adam had Runo Stromkirk. And he had Runo in a lot of games, but this one in particular is is where Runo really really popped off. So, one blue black for a one four legendary vampire with flying. When Runo enters the battlefield, you can put a creature from your graveyard back on top of your library if you want to draw that next turn. And then at the beginning of your upkeep, this is sort of like a Delver of Secrets trigger. At the beginning of your upkeep, you look at the top card of your library. You may reveal it. If it's a creature card with mana value 6 or greater, then you transform runo into crothus lord of the deep aka the stromkirk's drowned god it's a legendary kraken with flying whenever crothus attacks create a tapped and attacking token that is a copy of another attacking creature if that creature is a kraken leviathan octopus or serpent create two of those instead oh no he didn't so he had runo in play <laughs> End of Wheeler's turn, he flashed in Hullbreaker Horror. Runo upkeep trigger revealed Screaming Swarm. Wow. Flipped Crothus, attacked with Crothus and Hullbreaker Horror, making two more Hullbreaker Horrors. <laughs> so he was attacking for, Casual 24. Yeah, for 24, plus like a three power Geiss in the air as well. So we, Holy moly. Yeah. Wheeler was like, well, I'm incredibly dead. ha
2: ha ha yeah it's like and pre-combat if you want to cast a spell you even get to bounce something i guess right
0: yeah which i think i think might have also happened it was it was very silly or if you can mid-combat cast a spell you get to bounce three things (laughs) (laughs) whoa when you're already winning way more why not win even
2: further beyond win the most yeah that kraken i think is probably a you know blue black control constructed win con
0: Mm -hmm. sort of feels like it right and and a pretty good one at that speaking of totally busted cards wheeler had avabrook caretaker and that's this card's messed up i mean he said as much in the video at the beginning of the ppr but this card's super messed up (laughs) it's four green green for a four four human werewolf with hex proof and day bound at the beginning of combat on your turn put two plus one plus one counters on another creature you control it's like all right that's kind of rough right sure like four four with hex proof yeah you know you can you can probably beat that in combat there's a lot of stuff with Death Touch running around. But then it just starts putting counters on other creatures, and it's like, ugh, okay. hunt Huntmaster is the nightbound side of it. It still has hexproof. Now everything you control has hexproof. Not even all creatures, all permanents. And uh-huh. At the, and at the beginning of combat on your turn, you put two plus one plus one counters on each creature you control.
2: Yeah. Okay. Oh, <laughs> sure. This feels like someone brought their kid to work and let them design <laughs> a card. And it was like the boss's kid. It's like Aaron Forsyth's daughter or something came in. It was like, I would like there to be a cute little puppy card. I guess there can be a person in the art too. And let's make it a 4-4 hexproof that turns into a 6-6 hexproof that also has asceticism and pumps your team by two counters every turn. What should that cost? I don't know. Five or six. Okay, sweetie. Happy birthday. (laughs) I don't know. It just seems so messed up. It's so hard to look at this card and then look at Audric. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, why does Audric cost three
0: if this is what you get for six? Fair, fair. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just, it's, it's so messed up. So yeah, I lost. I, I lost a couple games to uh, to Wheeler. I might have been able to edge out one of them, but I, it's very challenging to to defeat the 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 Hollowhenge Huntmaster. We actually went in a little circle in the morning pod. Each of us went one and one it's i i beat adam and lost to wheeler and wheeler beat me and lost to adam and adam lost to me and beat wheeler mm-hmm. and uh, yeah it was fun the, the 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 game i won i didn't actually do anything necessarily impressive i just played a lot of good commons and uncommons and 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 smashed i mean like
1: i i i still love the advice for sealed which is when you don't know what to do sleeve up 21 creatures and two combat tricks
0: yeah yeah massive yeah. might put in terrific work it's the one mana, one green mana for plus two, plus two and trample. It's good. Love
2: that card. It's a good card. Yeah. yeah. Cam, you had a slower pump spell that you got on the table at least once. Dormant Grove. You want to tell us about that? I th- I thought that was kind of
1: interesting, although I never quite knew what to do with it. Dormant Grove is a three in a green enchantment that reads, at the beginning of combat on your turn, put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature you control. Then if that creature has toughness six or greater, transform Dormant Grove. It transforms into Gnarled Grove Strider, which is a 3-6 Treefolk with Vigilance. Other creatures you control have Vigilance. I never transformed it because I thought the front side was way more useful. Yeah, Yeah. on certain
2: boards that's going to be clear, right?
1: Yeah, and you do have a lot of control over when this transforms. So I, I really like the front side of it a lot because there are cards like... Well, another card I had in my pool, which you know, I think he was on break for most of most of my matches, was Cloaked Cadet, four in a green for a two-four Human Ranger with training, and whenever one or more plus one plus one counters are put on one or more humans you control, draw a card. This ability triggers one only once every turn. So, right, that was another interaction I was looking forward with or looking forward to. Uh, but yeah, no, the the Dormant Grove I think could have been a contender. If I had been able to keep a creature on the board.
2: Yeah, I mean it looked like maybe you were gonna be able to rebuild past Kathleen's wrath, like not badly, because you still had the enchantment. It hadn't flipped into a creature. So then when she she killed all the creatures, it survived, but then she had like two creatures to play for each of the following two turns or something. So that was a little disappointing. But yeah, Cloaked Cadet, I think maybe you it showed up once when the game was kind of already over but this actually yeah. seems like one of the better training cards because it has large toughness but low power agreed agreed yeah.
1: yeah it it i think it can get out of hand and i think it's just a good payoff for the archetype that also pays off for other random cards
2: yeah it doesn't care about whether it's a training plus one muslim counter any plus one boss encounter. yes exactly draw card so that's sweet uh I think there was one more green card I was hoping to get your opinion on. Oh yeah. So this card was a very the very similar card was uncommon in Uh, midnight hunt and then i which i believe was just a reprint from soi or maybe some other some corset or something but it's a lot like clear shot but now it's or now it's common two generic and a green wolf strike it's an instant that says target creature gets plus two plus zero until end of turn of its night then it deals damage equal to its power to target creature you control so this like the instant speed one-sided fight cards that can buff the creature as well you know clear shot I got blown out by so many times. Like I think it was three or four times. I got two for one by clear shot until I just started playing around it. Always unless I was mm. going to die. So I have a lot of respect for clear shot in the midnight hunt format. How did you feel about wolf strike? Wolf strike, I thought, was impressive. It feels a bit win more
1: because it it gets its additional claws when it's already night and your werewolves are kind of already in serious business. But if you are battling against the werewolves, then this can give you kind of an edge. Sorry, I'll, I'll describe the card as well. Wolf Strike is a two green instant. Target creature, or er, two and a green instant, excuse me. Target creature you control gets plus two plus zero until end of turn if it's night. Then it deals damage equal to its power to target creature you don't control. I, I love these. these. These kind of spells can clear a blocker and then basically provide an extra bit of punch or reach on your creatures. You can quite easily turn this into a two for one or even a three for one if you're punching through for damage with something like Curse of Hospitality, right? This can be a game changer. I like it quite a lot.
0: Awesome. There's another one in red that is at sorcery, but that I know that Kathleen had one in her pool, which was Markov Retribution, and it's two in a red, and you choose one or both, and why you why you wouldn't want to choose both? I'm not entirely sure, but it's creatures you control get plus one plus O oh, until end of turn, and then target vampire you control deals damage equal to its power to another creature. So it's another it's another punch again at sorcery speed, and you can only do it with vampires. But good stuff.
2: Yeah the, yeah, the templating there, I believe, is so that you can still get the small trumpet blast out of this card if you don't have a vampire, or if they don't have a creature, right? so it's so it's sort of always turned on right because it does i mean or they could have just templated it as like creatures you control get plus one up to one target vampire you control deals damage equal to its power to up to one other target creature but i guess they like the look of this better Mm, or yeah and also weird situations where you don't want to pump power i don't know your opponent's
0: meek stone might be happening something (laughs) like that i don't don't know could happen that's fair how did we like the 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 pig friend pig friend oh, this everyone, everyone commented about rural recruit during the deck building video three and a green for a one one peasant with training and when it enters the battlefield it comes with a three one boar creature token it has this enormous pig with a scythe in its mouth and it's like yeah that pig is teaching this person to fight that's exactly what this flavor is and i don't know i don't actually know if it's worth four mana but everyone ran it because it's two it's you know it's four four power and two toughness on two bodies and you can make the rural the rural recruit, the rurger you can make it bigger if you know if you get to attack with it. I don't know I, I thought the ro- the, r- the recruit put in work.
1: I am yeah, I had this and I did not run it because I was like this is basically a four two for four mm-hmm. that may in some situations get
2: to get big.
1: but it really reminded me of a character from Ronma one half Oh later on in the series, God. I haven't encountered this in probably about 20 years. One of the characters encounters a farm girl from Hokkaido who keeps like has a huge crush on him and keeps calling him a pig Hmm. because she likes pigs, right? She tells him he's as brave as a pig and as smart as a pig and as handsome as a pig. And he's like, this is hurtful and I don't (laughs) like you. And she doesn't understand why he doesn't take the compliment.
2: (laughs) That's awesome. So this is this is all I see. For, yeah, to, to that character, to, to Farm Girl from Hokkaido, from all of us at Loading Ray Run, we get it. Pigs are awesome. Yeah, they're very clean animals. You also played Boarded Window Cam in your deck,
1: right? Yeah,
2: well, I, yeah. I decided
1: it in against Ben's spirit deck because he was just, you know, chipping in with a bunch of one And I think yes. you know, I'm not attached to anything going on here. Let's see what happens. And as it turns out, that Boarded Window actually was able to prevent A reasonable amount of damage although not the kind of damage that i was really hoping for Mm -hmm. because at this point ben had a one one with the ophidian or the curiosity aura on it oh right and i was like haha. if that happens again then i'll get him with boarded window (laughs) instead of a good spell boarded window is a three mana artifact that reads creatures attacking you get minus one minus oh at the beginning of each end step if you were dealt four more damage this turn exile boarded window
2: yeah i And I think in the game you played it like it was close to helping you stabilize and sort of turn the corner like it was like you played it. It did do some work. You had one blocker and there was a flyer that could get in, but it couldn't deal four. you know, and then this is even it even couldn't deal the one flyer in the air still couldn't quite deal four damage even after Ben's glorious anthem happened because of the boarded window shrinking effect. So it was like it was it was close to like you know, getting there and helping you stabilize.
1: I mean, yeah. it. It. I think there were probably better solutions I could have boarded into to deal with it. But Boarded Window did get close.
2: Yeah, no, I, I didn't hate the fact that you brought in Boarded Window. Let's talk about Ben's deck a little bit. So he had Brine Comer, which is the Azorius Uncommon. Uh, a generic white blue for a 1-1 spirit. So three mana, but you know, this this ma- exact mana cost for a 1-1 spirit, we've seen really put in some work before looking at you, Soul Order. Whenever Brian Comer enters the battlefield or becomes the target of an aura spell, create a 1-1 white spirit creature token with flying. So it makes a 1-1 one, one white spirit when it enters the battlefield. So like two bodies for three mana, already not so bad. And then whenever you target with an aura, it also produces another spirit. Now you may have already learned that the blue-white Disturb cards in this set all come back as auras on the back side. So this is sort of like the uh, the Bogle. It doesn't have Hexproof, but it does want to wear all of the costumes because every time you put an aura on it, it gets you another 1-1. But hey, if it dies, it does also have Disturb for only two mana, one white and a blue, and you can put it on something. And whenever the aura comes into play or the enchanted creature gets targeted by an aura, you get a 1-1. So the same thing as Brian Comer When you first do the disturb, you'll get a 1-1. And then any future disturbs on the enchanted creature get you a 1-1. And then Ben also had, as we just said, he had the cat-like curiosity. So this is, a as as Cameron said, 2-mana Ophidian on the one side. And then on the back side, whatever it's equipped to, is also an Ophidian. And he also had, I mentioned earlier, wedding invitation. Or wedding announcement, sorry. Which is pretty good if you're making a bunch of tokens. At the beginning of your end step, put an invitation counter on wedding announcement. Sorry, this is a 3-mana, 2 too generic and a white enchantment and at the end step it either makes a 1-1 or draws you a card if you attack with two or more creatures this turn draw a card otherwise create a 1-1 white human creature token then if wedding announcement has three or more counters on it transform it and just says creatures you control get plus one plus one on the back side so another there's like two of these the both the announcement and edgar are like you know mass pump coupled with token production both pretty scary cards but yeah we saw we saw the brian brian comer come out a lot for ben and then, you know, there's just a bunch of common disturbed creatures that might not seem like much on the, on their own. But the fact that you get to equip them to Brinecomer and generate a bunch of creatures it worked out great for Ben.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I I think it's a pretty good, pretty good card. And I kind of even like the flavor of it being white. I commented on this at the PPR, so you're probably sick of hearing of it. But I, I like that the wedding invitation is white because it is the vampires attempting to be civilized. Mm-hmm. And being like, ah, this human ritual. Isn't this fun? We're all going to go and play this little game. (laughs) Where we all go into this big party where we all hang out. Isn't that interesting? Really? Do we get to kill each other? No. We just hang out. Well, we dance and drink. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. How novel. Yes, let's go and experience this. And like half an hour in, they're all just foaming at the mouth. And the Stromkirks are like barely suppressing transformations. (laughs) (laughs)
0: the uh the flavor text this came up at the ppr but the flavor text on unholy officiant is attributed to soren markov saying is this twisted ceremony simply a mockery of the human right or has olivia fallen for her own charade yeah that's a good piece of flavor text right there vampires don't typically have weddings At least not like this so i love the idea that these two on the on the wedding invitation they're like oh this looks so cute and then they show up and they're like oh we're at a wedding (laughs) you know like it really looks like they're just you know they're they're cosplaying basically they're
1: tickled pink yeah. yeah, they're LARPing as humans, mm-hmm. and it, it works best if you imagine them like half an hour in, just being like, I have to kill something.
0: <laughs> I don't understand any of what's going on right now. The The human token, there are so many tokens in this set, by the way. The 1-1 one, one human token of the, I didn't even realize this card existed when we wrote that sketch about someone working and catering. <laughs> but yes it's 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 a token of a human you know literally handing glasses of blood out at the party, wearing like a high collar, presumably for his own protection, yeah, to signify that this is this is somebody who is off limits, don't eat the help and just like vampiric hands coming in from out of shot grabbing all the goblets of blood off his tray and he's looking incredibly uncomfortable oh it's very funny
2: i'd like to mention too that ben put a lot of work in with a rare okay shocking but in the the blue white spirits deck specifically he had dream shackle geist Mm. might have been his promo so one generic and two blue mana three three mana for a three one flying at the beginning of combat on your turn choose one tap target creature or target creature doesn't untap during its controllers next untap step so let's see it doesn't have flash but it is a, a three one flyer for three so it's in that that fun camp of you know evil bird wizards that ruin magic and stuff and it can kind of play offense, you know, with the tap ability or it can or it can sort of play defense or a long game or, it, you know, keeps your opponent guessing how you're going to use this trigger and what their plans are for your creatures and how the combat's going to go. It it seemed to wear a few different hats. Dream Shack Geist did. So I was I was quite impressed with this card and obviously three power flyer, you know, going to put in a good clock for only three mana. Agreed. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, yeah, overall, I had a I had a great time. You know, I, I won. I lost. But, you know, we got to see a whole bunch of fun sealed decks do their do their thing and i'm i'm eager to jump into drafting this this format yeah me too
1: i mean there are there are like i said there's a lot of decks that i want to put together in this format and Mm -hmm. hopefully i'll get to do that i i don't i don't know which one of these will turn out to be the best and then you're just like not going to win if you don't put together the blood deck for example
0: I was happy to see that that didn't end up happening with Midnight Hunt. Right at the beginning of Midnight Hunt, a bunch of people like Marshall and Luis and and folks definitely pinpointed blue-black zombies as like a premier deck in the format. To the point that Luis made a, he did a stream where he did absolutely nothing but force the deck. This was like the day or so after it came out on Arena, did nothing but mm-hmm. force the deck and like barely lost at all. But as the format developed, I was very happy to see that no, you, there was lots of viable decks in the format. It didn't become like AFR where you basically had to be red black or you were going to lose. Like there, there was there was a lot of variety going on in Midnight Hunt Draft, which was encouraging. And I hope I hope that will also be the case in. In this set. Agreed. I think
1: we're all a lot happier when the limited environment has a bit of diversity in it. Mm-hmm. I mean, like with actual biodiversity, you can measure the health of an environment by, you know, the variety of things going on in it.
2: Yeah. Hey, if you'd like to have a variety of things going on in your mailbox, why not head on over to cardking.com forward slash LR and uh and buy some stuff. If you're in the United States, you can buy anything that they have uh, you know, for sale. And if you're in the rest of the world like us, you can buy everything except the newest sealed product. You can still get old sealed product, you can get these new cards pre-ordered, I guess, now as singles, or pretty soon it'll be by the time you're listening to this, they're probably just in stock. But yeah, they are they're gonna ship your stuff real fast. Let me tell you, Van empiric speed over there at card kingdom and if you ask for a little one inch button because we sent you you can get one that says oops untap upkeep draw no that's wrong draw first cheat step flunge it's got some words on it (laughs) (laughs) one buttery smooth
1: two we refer to vampiric speed as celerity mm-hmm.
2: Ooh, that's right the white wolf universe is here with the celerity of uh, mm-hmm. shipping well white wolf also started in seattle just like card kingdom right i think some white wolf part of the like 90s grunge i thought they were midwest oh maybe they are okay i thought their studios were their offices were in seattle that's why we
1: had uh chicago at night as their oh, okay. the major settings yeah yeah no, okay, okay west coast
0: had tsr all right Sorry for the confusion. I White think wolf. God, maybe I might be wrong in that too. Actually. I think I'm just saying lies. Enfasa.
2: Please don't send the world of night against me. If you'd like to help keep the lights on for our office and all of our home studios, please head on over to patreon.com forward slash run. And for everyone who's already done that, we really appreciate it. Thank you. You're helping us do all the things that we do here, including that buttery smooth segue. Graham, would you like to thank our producers?
0: I would. I'm, I'm Graham here to tell you that TSR was founded in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. Cause of course, it was uh, but later bought the wizards of the coast it doesn't matter and i've been joined by cameron uh? and nelson i'm gonna google white wolf later okay cool james has been running the card reader jordan edits these heather gets them online thank you all so much for listening we will talk to you next time also i should mention i just realized you i was about to say goodbye but i just realized you should tune into desert bus and starting this Friday. It's our big annual fundraising marathon. It's going to be going for a week. Go to twitch.tv desertbus or DesertBus.org to find out how you can be involved. And you can do that just just by watching, but you can also donate. You can win some amazing prizes, a lot of amazing magic, the gathering prizes there as well. You're going to want to, you're going to want to tune in for that. And it's a, it's a wild time over at desert bus. <laughs> We're going to be raising a bunch of money for charity by going slowly mad and, uh, hang out anyway that's it thanks for watching everybody listening whatever it is however you interact goodbye bubocky face georgia bye